Hey guys, and welcome to the first episode of Charmed. This is going to cover season one, the new Charmed. Season one, episodes one and two. Um, They should have been one episode, as I stated with Doctor Who, and I will state with many other shows this season. You could have condensed this down to one. So, let's start off with one thing that you were wrong about, Michelle. The showrunner of Jane the Virgin was a woman. Jenny Are, Snyder Ehrman. Well, that's not who they were talking about when they were blasting his name everywhere. Yeah, there there was another man who's executive producer, but the showrunner and creator is Jenny Snyder Ehrman. Well then she's terrible. <laughs> oh damn, shots fired. It's only fifty two seconds in. I'm sorry. I'm just saying I thought that they would have I don't know, seemed plausible in no, the way no, they... No, no, no. Okay, we okay. not there yet. This is just about the showrunner and the story. Who's the story by? Um, the writing duo of Jessica O'Toole and Amy Rannon, they did a few things that I've liked. Um, I'm pretty sure they did Gilmore Girls. They did um, other stuff that I don't remember right now. And... We also had Constance uh, Bruges. She's also an executive producer. And she did the original Charmed. She was on it. And she wrote the story. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys feel about the lineup? What do you uh, mean? I was, the, the, the cast. The initial who the story is by in their history. I honestly don't care. My, I, It could have been anybody. It's nice that they pulled from, I guess people from hit shows that's always great my concern is the actual product so if you're coming out with something that to me is catered it's supposed to be no, catered no to, we are we're not diving you just deep. asked me what did i, I said, think what do you think about these four people and i'm a very limited scope do not jump into you i hate when you host. <laughs> i hate it so much <laughs> Because you do not let us flow naturally. You are in a very limited scope right now. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. Adelaide, how did you feel about the four people? So my question is, why did they hype this guy's name? And now we find out he's not that interesting in comparison to the rest of the people. I mean, he's on him. it, but the other four are women. So, so this is a so, predominantly yeah, but, woman. Which is great. I, that's That's great news. But they hyped up this guy and didn't say a damn word about the rest of them. Mm, that is a fair point. I feel like that's pretty sad. That's actually kind but... of pissing me off because... Isn't... <laughs> well, maybe he has more clout. Right, that's what I, I was know. thinking. He might have more... But that's not true because they both did Jane the Virgin. Well, then... And the woman is actually the creator. Can I just say like and... the movement that it's associated mm. with the, the see her? It's like hashtag see her. Their whole point is women. And they go and they hype the guy and they throw his name around? Okay. Rude. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just jump into the sisters or the characters. Let's start off with Melanie Diaz, who plays the role of Melanie. Conveniently, Rivera. Um, she's the middle sister. She has the power of telekinesis. I mean no, time freezing. Apologies. Um she is a grad student at Hilltown University in women's studies. 
she's also a lesbian and has an on-again, off-again relationship with Nico, who is the police officer. Did you like, did you feel like she was a fully fleshed out character? Um, I'll start with Adelaide. Um, I, I mean, it's too early for me to say anybody's fully fleshed out. I feel like they have potential and I feel like uh, Melanie has has potential and I'm interested in seeing a lot more of her. Um, but I don't want to say at this point that anybody's fully fleshed out yet. Does that make sense? Uh, all right. So I feel like she's a caricature. She's a caricature of what a lesbian's supposed to be. And that's what I didn't like about her. Like, she is in an on-again, off-again relationship, apparently having commitment issues. And she's a women's studies major, and she's the most aggressively pro-female, pro-feminine. Yeah, that was really annoying to me. Um, not have it's not. I I really don't want people to think that I'm against any character that's pro woman. I'm against the stereotype for pro women. Um, man hating. I really hate that. I hate that they made her a lesbian, and then on top of that, she's a quote unquote man hater. Um, some of the things that she says and does. I wish that they would have tried to make her a more realistic feminist yes there are lesbian feminists but i'm just tired of seeing that stereotype because right now um even if we talk to most people you say okay this person is a really active feminist the first thing they think is oh they're a lesbian instead of thinking like oh i'm interested in your cause why do you feel that there's a lot of equality between men and women things like that you don't get that discussion you just get immediately dismissed so i don't know I just, I'm not appreciative of that aspect of her character. Okay. Um, Ellie, did you have something to say? I wasn't sure if we could jump into their, their portrayal of feminism just yet. So are we allowed? No, to... not yet. Oh, no. Fine. Um, so race came up a lot with this show. And as I was scrolling through Twitter, I found some people complaining that these characters weren't exactly, they didn't have roots in, um, the characters that they portrayed. So they were supposed to be uh, uh, Hispanic. Uh, what did they mention a specific version, Michelle? Or uh, wow, <laughs> no, I mean a specific country. Like <laughs> I, I don't remember. Adelie, do you remember? Um, I don't. I want to say that I don't think they did, but I'm not okay. sure. I don't remember anything like that. Um, so Melanie, the character, Melanie Diaz is Puerto Rican. Okay. Um, I don't think that really matters to me, but as someone who appreciates representation in its truest form, I can appreciate that she has those roots to touch on. Um, Madeline... Madlock, who plays Macy Vaughn, is the elder sister, and she is Afro-Caribbean. Like, she's British and Hispanic, but everything that I found on her, she identifies as British. So, how do you feel about that? Um, I'll start with you, Adelaide. Um, I like that they're going for representation. Like, that's definitely important. Um, I guess my question is, do they want... Is it something that everybody... I don't know how to phrase it. Is it something that um, the audience would prefer them having like a more connected history, I guess, or? 
Okay. So as a minority myself, I can say I would appreciate it if the characters that, like, well, it would be kind of racist if the black characters weren't black in general. But then there's also an issue currently in the acting world where British um, African-Americans are taking roles from, um, well, British Americans. What are they? What are they? Uh, Michelle, can you, do you know, like British? What are you saying? The British, the British black people. What, what are they British? Uh, I don't think so. I, African, I think British or no, I believe that we're one of the only countries that does that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, um, people of African descent from Britain are having issues, um, because they don't get roles because they're going toward Britain is going towards, um, old timey shows which no black people were in so they're coming to america and the american african americans are saying you're taking these roles and you have no connection to the history of it so from that perspective i can understand it yeah i from that perspective i can definitely understand it um honestly i think i would place the blame more on the british writers up there that are saying black people didn't exist before 19 or before like the 1900s that wasn't a thing mm. well they're See, even the, saying they after existed, yeah the problem is that the the positions that they're going to give them are not going to be prominent roles it's well to, to be... well to be fair and this is me like i've recently been listening to a lot of um black british people discuss like this particular issue and a lot of them basically are saying that yeah they have to come to america they get paid a lot less than american actors would to do take on a lot of these roles and then on top of that in england or britain whatever they have the um they're mostly cast in historical roles so you know being a slave being a house like basically being subservient in some form of fashion and they're when they're cast in more current roles it's just not really prominent or it's like really short it's not like a season regular you know what i mean and also like and this is just for me noticing british tv i don't see a lot of dark-skinned actors uh female actors on their screens at all they're mostly biracial actresses but going back to the main topic with um I guess you could say racism within Hollywood and their portrayal of Latin, Lat, well, Latina characters. I think, like, I don't know, the issue with that is the, the same issue that I have with biracial women playing black women is that your features are not going to line up with the features of someone who is, you know, black. You know what I mean? Well, Even though you are black, if that makes sense. It's like, it's to play devil's advocate, Melanie Mad- Madtock, Mantock has the curliest hair. And as far, I don't, uh, are you talking about facial features or are you talking about context? I'm talking about overall. Because I've, I don't know, I don't know what her connection, like, again, to say that, well, the difference between I'm not I'm not trying to get into that, but what I'm trying to say is like for instance, like in the '90s where there were a lot of black women on TV, most of those women were biracial. Okay. So because yeah. of that, you didn't get most of the the features like the African features that most black women have. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got okay. more European features within them. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I'm saying. So I could see why a lot of 
um, Latin people would get upset about that because their features, I guess, wouldn't be prominent. Although, like, the one who's young, the youngest one, who apparently she considers herself African-American, I would never I guess that she was African-American. Oh, Thank I you. thought you were no. talking about them overall. I, I just got to Macy. I was about to get to her, so okay. Really? Why? Why? <sighs> because this is how I do things, okay? This is ridiculous. Anything that you want to add, Adeline? <laughs> uh, I guess maybe let me check the outline before we go through this again. <laughs> um. Um, Macy, she has a PhD in molecular, uh, molecular genetics. So, uh, me and Michelle were having a conversation. Technically, Michelle, she has an actual job. Her job is working at the university lab. Who? Who's Macy? Macy. She's the oldest one. I know she has a job. What are you talking about? Because you said you didn't like that they were all in the real world. They weren't in the real world. I didn't say that. I said I didn't like that they all were at the college. Oh, okay. That's boring. Like, at least with the older the charm, original one, they all yeah, they all had different jobs in different places and different lives. It seems like everything is taking place at one location. Mm-hmm. And it's not even... And my problem was that the house wasn't the central location like it should be. Instead, it's the university, it feels like. Okay, well, yeah, that's true. Um, Macy's power is telekinesis. She throws things with her mind. Um... Did you like Macy? Uh, Adelaide? Adelaide? All right, Michelle. What, did I like Macy? Yeah. The youngest one? The old, the the, the oldest one. Oh, hold on, let me change my notes real quick. <laughs> uh, Macy is actually my favorite. Um, uh, and I knew she would be my favorite because she's basically Prue. And Prue was my favorite. But the but outside of that, the reason why I liked her the most is because she's very logical in the way that she approaches things. Um, they make a lot of different changes within a show that I felt was an improvement to how Charmed, the original series, handled it. And I think for her marrying both Prue and Paige's characters together, I think they did a good job with her. And I find her to be the most likable so far. I agree entirely um she's definitely she's so far my favorite character I feel like she's the most um other than being the most logical I I really like that they've paired this science aspect with the magic that's going on and now they have somebody who's going to who's going to look at it through that lens and we don't at, at least in fantasy things you don't see a lot of that you have to have either or so I I'm really looking forward to seeing how these how these two concepts sort of marry as the show goes on. All right. So let's jump to the youngest sister, um, who's played by Sarah Jeffrey. Wait, 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 and wait. Now you're jumping. I thought we were going to talk about the race of each one. I just talked about her race. She was British and Hispanic. Uh, she is? Yes. I thought you said she was Afro-Caribbean. Yeah, she's Afro-Caribbean. Like th- But everything that I've seen, like because that was in her... Like bio, she's Afro-Caribbean, British, and Hispanic, but she identifies as British. Everything oh. that I've seen identifies. I her need as... to hear her speak with her actual accent then, because <laughs> I've never heard her have a British accent in anything. I was gonna but say that's, the... that's kind of an impressive American accent she's got going there. Yeah. Normally you hear but, her slip uh, every now and then. What What did I want to say about her? I never mind. I I lost my train of thought. But you, yeah, great, Macy Vaughn. 
Oh, that's right. I was saying that the character is, I don't understand why people are coming after her because her character um, is biracial. So her mother is Latina and her father, I'm assuming is African American or African something because she was a very dark baby. So uh, yes, that's what I will say. Like I was looking at that baby picture and I was like, what happened? Like, uh, and I know that some children lighten up as they get older. I've never ever seen that happen. I've always seen the reverse. Always. Like some kids do lighten as they get older. Sure they do. But I thought that was interesting. Did you notice that, Italy? I did. Um, I want to say that I, I'm kind of going to side with Michelle on this one. I've never heard of skin <laughs> lightening as they grow older. If, like, as far as my understanding of, like, the biological process is, is that, you know, you you produce more melan- melatonin as you get older. How dare you bring science into this, Adelaide? It's just my job. <laughs> Um, but anything else that you want to talk about Macy Vaughn before we move on again to Maggie? Great. So Maggie Vera, Maggie Vera, Vera is the youngest sister. She is a freshman at Hilton High at Tennessee University. She can read people's thoughts. Um, her romantic relationship is with Charlie, um, Charlie Gibson, who plays the role of Brian. And that's her on again, off again, high school boyfriend. I like them together. I as soon as I saw them, I wanted them to be successful. Um as far as her power, it's okay, I guess. Uh what are your thoughts, Adelaide? Is it terrible to say that I feel like they all look twelve? And this is especially so with the youngest sister and I agree with you okay, completely. Thank you. Because I I don't know. I, when she was saying she was gonna, she was gonna rush the sorority. I'm like, you're 12. You, you can't rush a sorority. You're too young. Can't happen. <laughs> I think like for the youngest one. I mean, this is my issue with all of them. I think the oldest one should have been the youngest one. Like that should have been their limit to like how young they could be. I think the reason why a lot of people gravitated to the original Charm series is because they were actual adults trying to build. They were basically, what's it called? Um, a neat or whatever. True, yes. Yeah, they were um, people who were like outside of college trying to figure out what to do at that point. That's why shows like Living Single, Friends, stuff like that was really popular. So I think they made a mistake making them this young. Uh, as far as Maggie goes herself, she's my second favorite character. No, I'm sorry, not my second favorite character. Second favorite sister. Um, the second episode, I actually grew mm. to like her. Mm. I can say that I grew to like her. Okay, because you like to tip, tip, tiptoe a little you too like far. to You like to be very strict when you host, ma'am. Anyway... Adelaide, what are your thoughts on Maggie? Uh, I was just going to say that I agree. I kind of grew to like her a little bit more uh, in the second episode. Um, I don't dislike her. I think I was just shocked by how young she looks and how I'm supposed to take her. I'm supposed to take her as seriously as I would a 20 something. And I just, I'm really, I feel like she needs to be babysitting for money right now. And it's, (laughs) it's really just like, I can't. 
I'm I'm still stuck on that, but I feel like the second episode really does help. Um. So as far as her racial makeup, she is African American and Indigenous Canadian. Uh, when I looked this up, because I think I was over your house, Michelle, when I looked this up, mm-hmm. and I I feel like both of us were shocked. Cause yeah, because she's I, the one I thought that looked the most Latin. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really was just looking at her. I was like, I completely bought it. So, I don't know if that's a problem within Hollywood that I don't know the portrayal of Latin people. And that the fact... I know, like, with um, Native Americans, they really don't get Native Americans. They get a lot more um, Latinx people. Mm-hmm. So, I'm wondering if it's something similar. But, I mean, then again... If you really think about it, there are a lot of Afro-Latinas, so I wouldn't know. You know what I mean? That's true, too. So, it's just, it's really hard for me to say anything. I think, if anything, her being there, I wish that she, I guess she was, like, she had a connection to the culture. But makeup-wise, for race, it's in ballpark with a lot of people. You know what I mean? Um, So, she's racially ambiguous? It's not that she's racially ambiguous. It's just that literally a lot of Afro-Latinas have her genetic makeup. (laughs) It's like, how specific do you want to be? You know what I mean? Mm. That's the only thing I'm saying. Um, Did this information surprise you, Italy? I I agree. I thought she looked the most Hispanic of all of them. And I was kind of surprised (laughs) that you just said that. So, um, I don't know. I I feel like it's not fair to to cast somebody who isn't that race and put them in that role and that it's not fair to the actors and actresses that are out there who could have played that role instead. And it just, it goes for, cause I know that's a big problem with um, Asian actresses right now. They tend to get a lot of white people to play them with um, makeup and that's frankly, that's stupid. And I don't know why it should be any different for any other race. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I generally agree. I do. It's just like, I feel like we're coming to a problem now with certain things. Um, Like, for instance, people are going to say instead of finding um, an actor who is, you know, Chinese, well, they can't be Chinese American. They have to be Chinese. um, You know, they can't be first, I mean, second generation. They have to be first generation. You know what I mean? I'm just worried that we're getting to, to that point. Um, but outside of that, I think everyone, I think you're right that she should have a connection to that culture. I'm just saying racially, I don't see how that's a problem because genetically, I mean, she has a lot of similarities with people who are Afro-Latina. Now, culturally, she definitely should be, you know, Latina. I'm just saying race-wise, although it's a made-up concept, but still. Okay, so the million-dollar question. Do they look like sisters? Um, I'll start with you, Michelle. Like, if you saw them on the street, you had no idea who they were. Would you no, I would not think they were sisters. <laughs> like, they all look like different races. <laughs> like, um, the one... I knew uh, the oldest one had black in her. I'm sorry. That that hair texture, I can't, I know when I see it, okay? So I knew that. I'm like, okay. So the... But she doesn't. She's British and Hispanic. I, no, I told you that they don't always call themselves Afro or whatever. They normally say Nigerian or 
well, I'm yeah, not getting into the racial makeup. So. Yeah, so you need to. I know black when I see it. Okay, <laughs> just because you don't, Jasmine. Well, doesn't apparently mean I don't. not because you didn't clock Maggie. She was like, <laughs> I can't tell that. I mean, look, I need to look at her dad to verify this. She okay, she was in a movie with her father. So, really? What yeah. movie? Um, I can tell you in a second. I'm not looking it up at all. <laughs> you know, just off the top of your but, head. <laughs> They they do look like they're different races. Like um, the first, the middle child definitely looks Puerto Rican, or like the stereotype of what Puerto Rican is supposed to look like. You know what I mean? Like um, J Lo or you know stuff like that. A very the ideal quote unquote type of Latina that we that Hollywood pushes. Um, the youngest one, I guess she is more racially ambiguous. So, I mean, but still, I, they don't look like they came from the same parents at all. I mean, in Wayward so, Pines. She was, he, they were together in Wayward Pines. I, um, what's her name again? So, she, uh, Sarah Jeffries. She was, in, actually, I forgot she was in Wayward Pines. Dang, she even has a black name? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I didn't, I would have never known. She, oh, I see her dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I gotta admit that she got some black in her. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, oh, she looks just like her mom. Jesus. All right, moving on. What I wanted to say is that they definitely look like they came from different, like, families. They don't look the same. Like, if you look like at the, the feature, flesh. Even the features. Yeah, the and features. That's what I'm saying. The features are different. But if you look at the flesh, they just, they casted um, a biracial actress to play both um, the daughter of Barry and Iris West Allen. Mm-hmm. And she legit looks like she could be the daughter of those two actors. Not like any biracial actress. They made sure that this looked like that she could be their kid. And I wish that they would have went through that same process but I don't know. Maybe it didn't matter to them. I, I, I can't really say. Uh, Italy? I mean, I agree. And I felt that, one, not only they didn't look like sisters, but I felt like they didn't even act like it. And I don't necessarily want to jump on that too much. But I just felt like they didn't have the connection that I kind of anticipate from sisters. And I know they really tried within the writing, but they just, it it lacked. They felt like they were trying, but that that chemistry isn't there. I mean, they should have done a chemistry test, and if they didn't, shame on them. And if they did, shame on them again for not catching <laughs> this. Uh, I agree. I think that if I saw them just walking down the street, I would never clock them. I would think they were just nice ones. Yeah, however, the oldest one, I'm okay with her not looking like the rest of them. Yeah, I agree. And I'm also okay with her not feeling like a sister because she shouldn't. It's the other two that should be sisterly in some form of regard. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I'm perfectly fine with the oldest sister not fitting in. I mean, she hasn't been there, so it's it's absolutely fine. All right. So let's jump on to major plot points. Are you guys ready? Thanks, guys. So the first opening line in this whole ser- series is, this is not a witch hunt. <sighs> I sighed when I heard that. I was like, we're getting political this early on. Like, 
And that I feel like that set the tone for this episode for me. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a good thing. Um, what about you, Michelle? Because you seem eager. I I wasn't eager, but sure, I'll jump in with my problematic viewpoints. Because <laughs> uh, I already know I have problematic viewpoints. But because I like to try to make things as fair as possible. And of course, I don't think people like people who like toe the middle line a lot or try to make everyone treat it equal. But anyway, I think the problem with this episode, with that uh, first statement being this is not a witch hunt, is that I originally thought this was created by um uh, through a male lens because I really feel like this is what they think women would say yeah, in this case. Yeah. And I don't feel like any woman would say, this is not a witch hunt, this is a reckoning. Really? I mean, you know what? No, that's a lie. Some feminists right. have said that. I feel that. like that this is a very... Um, a specific type of... Uh, or I feel like this is a West Coast feminist type of thing, uh, specifically California. Yeah. Um, and as someone from the West Coast, Adelaide, what are your thoughts? I was just about to say, I'm over here. I can try. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm not in California anymore, um, but I can say that I haven't heard, I haven't heard that type of rhetoric around. I know that I've heard, at least in my circle, I've heard people um, getting annoyed with the term witch hunt, myself kind of included, and the way it can be used, um, just in the fact that you know, disproportionately char- targeted single women and now it's being used in other ways. So in a way, I appreciate that they're trying to bring that in, but they lost me with this is a reckoning. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and in general, this whole this whole tone of this first episode, I feel like they're trying and they're trying and I, I can appreciate it. Fine, fine, fine. Mm. I'm right there with you, Adelaide. <laughs> This is so hard. Come on, it's like, right there. It's so natural <laughs> no. conversation flow. And she just stops us every time. Uh-huh. So, anyway, the mother is, like, on the phone. She's talking about the woman in a hospital and sexual assault. And it, it felt very much like an attack on Trump. And I don't and, know, was it? Wasn't it? Definitely. I, don't, I felt like I don't, it was Kavanaugh more than Trump, but it felt it felt topical. Eh, both of them uh, grabbing pussies. So wow! First of all, this is a PG thirteen podcast. Since when? Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot. And secondly, I don't. I to be honest, I don't. It's topical, of course, but this is speaking more to the Me Too movement than specifically Kavanaugh or Trump mainly because this was written well before the whole Kavanaugh situation came about. Um, Trump, I guess, but really I think it was more concentrated on Me Too and how popular it is at the moment. Um, But like I said, great that they're bringing this type of thing up, but something you said, Jasmine, that I think is relevant is that this is... What's the word? What did you say? Gosh, gosh, I hate when something comes into my head and just like flutters off. It's just gone in the atmosphere now. <laughs> um, I do think that this is a caricature of what feminism is supposed to be. 
Oh, really? You can say that? Because when I was about to say that, you had an issue. No, my issue was that you were skipping ahead. It wasn't the the feminism aspect of it. Like, okay, what about me? Because I was gonna bring that up, and no, (laughs) exactly. She wanted to be the one to bring it up. No, how would I know that's what you were gonna say? Exactly. You should have hushed. You should have hushed and let us have our conversation. So, I really think the betrayal of uh, feminists is really done through the eyes of what a man thinks a feminist is. And that's what I thought it was until you just said what you said. Now I'm completely thrown like, did they did they write this for male executives in order to get the show picked up? Or do they really feel this disconnected from what is actually happening? See, I agree. I, and because I thought the showrunner was a male for such a long time, um, I was actually bothered by the way that it was portrayed because it still felt like this is how a guy sees it. So here's how we're going to portray it. And it, it feels like it really does feel like feminism through a male's lens. And it, it, and now I don't understand why it's like that. Um, so the season, um, the episode will be, well, the season and episode, uh, start off with them kissing their mother goodbye. And then a few hours later, they're frantically getting texts from the mother to come home. So I had several questions about this. One, who texts you in an emergency? Two, why didn't she just call? And three, why didn't she take the the book of shadows out of the house and do whatever she had to do? Why did she have to stay in the house? Because that's like they're on a landline where magic lines cross and it's like the best place to be in order to cast spells. Can't use previous series knowledge. Right. I mean, I wasn't. I was pulling it out of my butt, but I do feel like that is the truth. Okay. So text. Tell me why she texted in an emergency. Because maybe she couldn't talk. Otherwise, they would have known that she was in the house. They already knew she was in the house. Yeah, well, they maybe they, they knew the where house. she was located in the house. Right, the crows were coming at her. The crows knew where she was. The crows weren't magically controlled for all you know. They could have just been they crows were that were scared. Controlled. Look, do, do not counter Ellen, all of mine. <laughs> I, I have to wonder who texts in an emergency as well. Although I will say that I know people that are terrible at picking up their phones. Mom, I love you, but for God's sake, there's a reason. There's an answer button. Um, and... So, like, I will call, and I will call a hundred times, and then eventually I'm like, all right, screw this. I'm texting you. Freaking call me. And then I will call again another hundred times. Right, but that that would have made more sense if there were several missed calls and then text messages. Yeah. Because Michelle does not pick up the phone. I do. <laughs> uh, so, of course, she will have missed calls, and then when I get annoyed, then I'll send a text. And I don't get them. I get the missed calls. How convenient. And look, only I don't know why she would send a text message first outside of someone. Like, I can imagine someone broke into my home and they didn't know exactly where I was located within a home. The best option would be to text for help because you don't want them to hear your voice. Like, I can see that happening. But outside of that, I, not so much. It, it's very... It's a convenient plot point. 
See, I feel like if it weren't for the fact that this has magic involved and they very clearly knew she would be upstairs, then I would agree with you. Uh, we also have um, Marisol's death. Like, they come home and their mother is dead uh, after they come. My problem with this was I did not know what was located where. Because in my head, I'm remembering that the attic window was by the front of the house. Where you drove up, you could see into the attic window. So, did they reorient the house? Well, like, I didn't get, I, ha- I don't have any bearings. Or there this. were two windows in the attic. No, there wasn't two windows in the attic. We Prove saw it. a whole view of the Prove attic. It. We saw a view of the attic. Prove it. I need pictures. I need receipts. I cannot just take your word right now, Jasmine, because you're obviously wrong. Adelaide, what are your thoughts? I want to say I felt like it was, and maybe I'm remembering from the first ser- from the original series, but I feel like it was oriented towards the front as well. So I don't remember there being one or two windows, so I can't settle that debate. But I do feel like it was facing towards the front, and I was a little confused. And I was anticipating them seeing, finding their mother's body as they drove up. Like, that was my expectation. Same, same, Italy. So it really surprised me that they had to go all around the house to look for her. Um, anything else that you want to say about the dead mother? Great. So Professor Zane, who was the professor that um the mother was trying to keep from being put into the school again, reinstated. Uh, after his sexual harassment, comes back to the campus. And it's a riot. Well, not a riot, but it's a protest and people are going back and forth. Um, And he is very creepy because he walks up to the oldest sister, whose name that I completely know and am not buying for time, Macy. And they, like, he goes, you know, that's a very nice blouse you have. And I remember, like, messaging Michelle or t- calling Michelle and saying, who does that after you just come off of sexual harassment? Like, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And it seems like, <laughs> I want to say that seems unrealistic, but you know what? I don't think it is. I don't, well, it's, I don't know, one of two things. I don't think that is weird for a guy to compliment your shirt. Not at all. Now, if you put it in context with him being accused of sexual assault, yeah, I think he would definitely want to limit the compliments he gives to women because they can definitely take it the wrong way, given his history. So, yes. But otherwise, outside of that, no, I don't see anything wrong with saying you you look nice today. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm laughing because that sounded like you were very scared of that guy who said you look nice. <laughs> what guy? The imaginary guy that you look very nice today. Uh, thank you, sir. Please. <laughs> I mean, and you know I have some crazy stories, but still, if somebody says that, oh yeah, you look nice, I'm like, fine. It's when you follow me places that I have a problem. Okay, let's get back on topic. <laughs> uh, Three months later, Maggie and... Via, um, Maggie and Mel are like very estranged um, because Mel blames Maggie for their mother's death which I was completely fine with it's her fault oh okay so let me say why Sherelle was like 
Oh, I mean, Emerald. <laughs> I mean, you already... <laughs> okay, from very long ago podcast. Um, basically, she was like, oh, I don't... Uh, they shouldn't really be blaming anybody. They're being completely unreasonable with that. I'm like, are you serious? She was the holdup. And then Emerald was like, yeah, well, she could have went on her own. She didn't have to go get her sister. I'm like, come That's on true. now. That is a fair point. It is, but still, it's her fault. Like, I, I'm with you, though. I would completely blame her. Like, it's your fault. You ignored mom's text. She's been saying, come home urgently. Like, and she's like, you, you didn't look at your phone. And I'm with her. Like, if your mother is texting you so many times to come home, you get home. Period. Damn right. Like, you don't ignore a message that is obviously urgent. I don't care if she's not calling. If it's that urgent and it's multiple times, come home, come home, come home. You better get your ass in that car and you better go home. Something's up. I will say this, okay? I what My father passed away. And one of the things that I kept looking at were the text messages that he sent me. Like, you know, have a good morning. Uh, I hope you have a great day at work. Stuff like that. Are you okay? That stuff, like, I'm just imagining her looking at her mother's last text messages to her and her ignoring it and how she would feel. I, she had to feel like crap. She has to. And she should. I, I don't know what... I mean, did you say that to try to absolve her or... No, I'm not oh. trying to absolve her, but just looking at it from a different perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like to put myself in the character's shoes. Okay. Well, somebody has to have um, empathy in this group, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have the whole story. Apparently, they said the mother was trying to fix a window drunk, which, uh, what? That sounds logical. Okay, it does, and it doesn't, okay? I always got to play devil's advocate. You know what, Adelaide? I'm going I'm to step back. <laughs> well, Adelaide I always can't the- play devil's advocate. Adelaide has a firm stance. She's not in the <laughs> middle. Like, you're okay. only here because you ride the fence, okay? <laughs> First of all, I don't ride the fence. Secondly, <laughs> the reason why I'm riding the fence is <laughs> I'm like, okay, in most cases, that would make sense that, yeah, she was drunk, tipsy, she looked out the window, boom, she fell. But my problem was with the text the poli- messages. Was the text messages, and then on top of that, the fact, and text messages aside, the, the stupidest thing I could even, I, I couldn't even come to that conclusion, mainly because I'm like, how did she push herself out the window? Like, Thank really you. think about how much force would need to be used in order to get her through that window. That and, it like, doesn't make sense. That and, like, the problem I have with that one is that that window is at, what, chest height for them? No way she fell out that window unless she's standing on something and climbing out of it. And Well, even they said that she was trying to fix the window, well, so... still. And on that note, if she fell out of it, you would at least have some... There would be some kind of, I don't know, tearing cloth. There'd be something to indicate something catching on that. Mm-hmm. It just it um, also me. let's have a conversation about the fact that her girlfriend was the one investigating her mother's murder or death. I'm pretty sure that's a conflict of interest. Like and you're not supposed to be that close to the people you're investigating or like the crime or whatever. See, I agree. I don't I, 
really don't think they should have been investigating that. And it kind of adds some validity to the on-again, off-again relationship with uh, Mel there. Because I don't know if I could date somebody that was investigating my mother's murder. Especially if they then found nothing was at fault. That it was an accident. She just fell out the window drunk. Well, she didn't break up with her. Yes, she did. The girlfriend broke up with her. Did she? Yeah. Yeah, she oh, said she, she was walked away. Distant, yeah. Well, mm. she she basically dry broke up with her. Like, she just... Jasmine, of course you would. You are always the person <laughs> who will try to find a way to make it seem like you did the breaking up. That's basically what she did. She was like, I don't really feel like dealing with this anymore, but I'm not going to say I don't want to deal with this anymore. That is not what happened. Mm. That is not what happened. The girlfriend mm. broke up with her because she was too obsessed with her mother's murder and she couldn't deal with it. That's what happened. Stop trying to give Mel a reason why she came out on top. She didn't come out on top. She she was on the bottom. Yeah, she did. See, she had the they top. had they spun it like Mel broke up with her because she was still obsessed with her mother's murder and because her girlfriend was currently investigating the murder and then found nothing, I could understand that. That would have been good writing. But no, they just had to it had to be the other way around. It would have been. Jasmine. All right. <sighs> So let's just slide right along because I have nothing else to say. So let's talk about something else that's empty. Sorority life. Really? No one's gonna? Okay. <laughs> really? Scary? I, I, well, I, I don't know which sorority that's from, but shout out to you. Uh, Maggie is trying to join a sorority so that she can get away from Mel. Because Mel is obsessed and she blames Maggie for her mother's death. Um, That's ridiculous. I I don't know how I feel about this. Like, on one, like I will ride the fence with y'all. I'm taking your spot right now. Mm. On one hand, I understand why she wouldn't want to live in the house that her mother died in. I understand why she wouldn't want to look in her sister's face when she knows that her sister's blaming her for her mother's death. And she's probably blaming herself. On the other hand, is this really the time for you to join a sorority of people and completely move into another life? I don't have a problem with her doing any of that. People mourn differently. My problem is why this sorority? Why? I mean, at this point, she doesn't know stuff, but why? Why are you even attracted to a sorority? You don't even seem like the type of girl to desperately want to be a part of a crowd. I just don't get it. See, I agree. And that's where I I, I was trying to understand why that sorority. And more for me was that she was already interested in that sorority before her mother died. That's why she was at that party. She was interested right. in them. So she can't, Enough to, mm-hmm. yeah, she can't go and say, I'm doing this because mom died and I don't want to be around you and I have to get out of this house. No, you were doing it already. You're just using that as an excuse. Or maybe that's just pushing you in that direction a little further. Either way, like, this was already in your plans. Don't say it wasn't. I agree. She's a crappy daughter who ignored her mother's dying cries to be at a sorority party. And after her mother actually died, she continued to pledge for the sorority instead of like, let me reevaluate my life. Well, that was a harsh take. <laughs> was it? I thought I was being really lenient. Where'd that empathy oh, yeah. go? Right. Like, out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it comes and goes. I can't control it. 
Um, Melanie does not do anything to activate her power. I, I don't like that none of them actually have to do anything to activate their powers. Like, sure, we can go yes, with... Can. Sure, we can go with the fact that Maggie has to touch people. That's her key. But that's not always what... Ha- she has to be in the range of people, or... She has to actually touch them. No, because when she was listening to the people at the sorority party, she wasn't touching anyone. Yes, she, she had was. a cup in her hand. Like, she was bumping through. into them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I can note in episode two when she wasn't touching anyone. Yeah. That no, she was. Good. No, she was. No, she wasn't. It was a chain. What are you talking about? No, not that one. The first one when she walked up to uh, Lucy, and then the other two girls walked up behind her, and she was touching no one. All right, I gotta rewatch this because <laughs> otherwise it's just that they forgot. Yeah, I feel like that's what it was. Because she was touching no one. Uh, are we saying that uh, Prue, I, I'm sorry, Maggie, Melanie, Ma- Macy doesn't um, doesn't do anything? Because I thought she waved her hand. Mm, did she wave her hand? I know she did for the beer bottle. Yeah, she did for the beer bottle because um, the guy she was with, whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head. His name is, I am not looking it up, but it also is in my notes. His name is Gavin Burdett. Okay, so when she's talking with him he says something like he threw it at her so there has to be some hand movement there that he otherwise it's just this bottle left across the room Mm, i think the only one who doesn't do anything is piper aka uh, melanie aka mel aka the middle sister yes um she uh, because initially i thought that she sighed and that activated her power which would have made sense or like she had a breath of like to free like and like would, in Black Lightning. And that would freeze her powers. I mean, and that would activate her powers. But I don't like that she doesn't have a thing. Um, she does have you? a thing, Jasmine. What about you, Adelaide? Did you like that she doesn't have a thing? Or did you notice a thing that she may have had? She does have a thing. She doesn't have a thing. She does. Yes, but we haven't found that out yet. No, no, no. Did we? No. It's in this episode that we find out. Yeah, it's, no, it's later, not. I think. I don't have it in my notes. It's literally she can't be angry. Well, yeah. Oh, but... that's stupid. So she doesn't have a thing. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> she has to control her emotions. That's the thing. That's stupid. It's not a thing. She doesn't have a thing. She doesn't have a. She doesn't have a uh, a gesture. A f- is I think what you're going. Yeah, with. a physical gesture. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about about this? Nope. Um. So then we have Harry. Harry is the white lighter. How do you guys feel about the animation? Can I go? Can I? Can I? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Why is he called a white lighter if there's no white light? Well, there's some theories around that. Adelaide. Yeah, there are. There are a few theories about why. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll wait on those theories. But so far, that's my main issue with this. There's no orbing. There's no white light. There's there's. Uh, are you light. sure he's a white lighter? That's, See, yeah, that's, that's one my, of the major yeah, theories. I didn't want to say that, but okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. Like, that's a major theory. And we're talking mm-hmm. about episodes one and two, so you guys should know it's coming in. Oh, wow. So we are allowed to talk about that? Not right this second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rupert Evans is um, the actor who plays Harry, and he is actually British. So that's his real accent, Jesus. Yes, <laughs> I've noticed a lot of British people when I hear their accent, I get so put off by it because it sounds so fake. It's like they almost 
like, I don't know, overdo it for American audiences. I don't know. Like, can that really be his actual accent? On that note, I'm yes. really impressed with um, Macy's actress. I don't remember her name off the top of my head. I feel bad. Uh, Madeline. Uh, I'm really impressed with her holding her American accent then in in his presence because I've heard that it's very difficult to do that when you're around someone from with your native accent. So in his former life, Harry was a a a officer in the British military. Um, and he was an actor before that. Apparently, how convenient. Uh, he died and became a white lighter. That's his backstory. Okay, guys. Um, I had to cut in here because I went on ahead and listened to uh, Madeline Mantock, aka Macy. She has a British accent. I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I had to listen to it after. Like it's she has a really posh accent and it sounds like a real British accent. I'm sorry. I don't know what Harry's doing. But her accent sounds legit. I, you know, that acting, man. I love her. <sighs> anyway, are you a fan of Harry? Did you like his backstory? Um, uh, his occupation in the series is a professor and the chair of the women's studies. And that's where we see the first conflict between he and Mel. Because Mel doesn't think that he should be the chair of a woman's studies. Which what? What are you talking about? She actually said that Harry is the chair of women's studies. Yes, yes. she is. He replaces their mother, and right, she's upset. Harry. Yes. yes. <laughs> what show were you watching, Michelle? There was like, like five minutes dedicated to this. Right. Like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I completely missed that. I thought he didn't have a job. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Uh, how did you feel about that, Adelaide? Since at least you knew. Like, I mean, I, I haven't really gotten to say much about the the feminism portrayal yet. Um. Um. the question harry Harry. he's my favorite character overall no harry having the job in women's studies he's my favorite character so i'm okay with him having a job in women's studies um i know that's wrong it's like no okay let me now that i've taken in this information i mean do you want me to give my opinion first no now that i've taken no of course not (laughs) um now that i've taken in this information i do believe that he should not have this position Um, because I'm a firm believer that it's really important. Visuals are important. And I think as a woman, I will feel more comfortable going through women's studies with a woman. That's like when I got, I took like a African American, no, I took a writing course and they decided that the topic that they were going to concentrate on was African American history. And it was a Caucasian lady. And I, I appreciated her perspective, but it's not the same as someone who would delve a little deeper into certain aspects. You get what I'm saying? 
I'm not saying that they're not going to be good. They can definitely be great at their job. It's just like visuals are important. So yeah, I, that's okay. my thoughts. I, I appreciate that because we see that a lot, especially in, um, well, let's use this example, especially in women's studies. As a woman, I would want another woman to tell me about women's studies because you can relate on a different level versus a man who's like, I know about women's studies because I've read it in a book. But, yeah, true. But to be devil's advocate, also, this is the reason why I appreciated that that white lady who was the professor during that time. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. But the reason why I liked her is because she had that different perspective. It was one that I haven't heard before. So, I don't know. It depends on the type of person that you are and what you're ready to receive. I feel like if you're That's new true. to women's studies, of course, you want to be introduced to it through um, a woman's lens. But if you have a knowledge and a history of it, I think that you will want to be challenged. I mean, at least I would be. Ellie? So, now that the demon cat's out of the room, um, I I kind of, like, I agree. I feel like, on the one hand, it really should be a woman, and it should be a woman, especially the head of the women's studies department. Like, that's where it really gets me. I don't care if he's a women's studies professor, but once he's the mm-hmm. head of the department is where I'm kind of like, um, wow. Couldn't you have picked a woman for that? Because, you know, given the topic and the, and the position. Um, so I guess, like, I just didn't like the way Mel challenged him. It felt... Agreed. Like, this is how the whole thing... Can I say the thing on the feminism now, or am I going to get yes, shut off you of can. that? Yes, okay, you can. You can go. Um, I feel like the whole thing with the way they're portraying it is very... Um, they're, make, they're making this attempt, but their attempt is all surface level and they're not going deep enough. They're just saying, they're saying the buzzwords without getting the point across in a lot of ways, especially in the first episode. And this scene was one of those. Her anger is justified. I just didn't like the way it was handled. Um, Michelle, did you have anything else to add? I, well, Harry's my favorite character. <laughs> Um, I, I think Ellie pretty much covered it. It it wasn't handled well. Next topic. So we also go to Harry kidnapping them and saying, hey, I'm your white lighter, you know. Wait a second, wait a second. There was really a scene with all of this where she was talking to Harry before he announced he was a white lighter? Yes. I thought she was just talking to the old professor. That was Harry? That was Harry. Yes. Oh. (laughs) did you watch the show michelle i did i really did i don't know why for some reason that was a harry in my head that was the the professor's name i mean um so let's jump on to harry harry like kidnaps them and he like he says you're witches you have 48 hours to decide what you want to do uh these are your powers this is what you need to know did you like that um, thing, Michelle? Yes. I loved Harry because they were annoying and he basically was like, you guys are annoying and everything that you do is annoying. And it was great. It was a nice, he was the audience for me. Okay. It was just, it was the best thing on the planet. Um, I like his sarcasm. I like that he is like well-versed in this. So the point, you know, like when you have a job for a long time and you just know all the shortcuts, he's basically like, 
let me run this whole thing down to you guys so we can move on. Uh, but Adelaide, what do you like about Harry? Because I know you love him. You have to. Uh, who said that? What? Why are you getting that idea? Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't hate him. I just, at the moment, I don't like the way he's the, he's a white lighter and he's supposed to be their teacher. But right now he feels like their handler. And for the whole thing, that's like, yes, we have the see her movement. We have the, we're talking about the Me Too movement. But also, here's this guy that's in charge. And I'm just like, you're, you guys are shooting yourselves in the foot with at every angle. And like, well, I like the character and I like his, um, I like his personality because, yeah, they really, like, they were annoying in that scene. They drove me insane. Um, listening to, uh, revealing when they were witches and, uh, who's, who was it? Was it Maggie that said she doesn't even dress like, like a slutty witch for Halloween? Yeah, it yep. was Maggie. I hated that. I hated that. Who says that? Especially when you've just been kidnapped. And, like, especially when Apparently your whole point Maggie is, like, it. your whole point is consent. Like, this whole point of this first episode was was talking about consent. And, like, if someone wants to consent to dress as a slutty witch, I don't care. Do it. Eh. I just feel like you guys are biased against the best character of the show. This is a man. <laughs> this is a witch hunt. <laughs> okay. So, then we have Macy, who helps Maggie exercised her ex demon, exercised the demon from her ex boyfriend with baking soda. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel. Oh, hold on. I I didn't time mark this, but I feel uh, some type of way about um how they're bringing science into this like on one hand I do like that they're bringing science into this the problem I have is like really baking soda baking soda vanquishes demons I don't know it feels apparently well I mean is that a Wiccan thing that I don't know about they're actually pulling from like a source I don't let us know in the comments I don't if you're a Wiccan and you have firsthand knowledge please let us know yes let us know baking soda please there, if there are good spells that we can use with baking soda, I actually would like to know this. Yeah, send that to Adelaide personally. I don't, I don't want to know that. <laughs> Her Twitter is at op I may also send it to at the Queen Cornea because you know, I for some reason I feel like every place I move to is haunted. So help me out too. Help me <laughs> if you so can I can be Michelle around later. Like, see, I feel leave like, it in the comments as well. <laughs> see, I feel like salt. If we're gonna go the purification route, salt is like even in uh modern and modern supernatural. No, not even supernatural. I mean, just in general, supernatural got it from somewhere. It's salt. Salt is the purification thing. You want protection, you use salt. Yeah, I think that's the standard in the Wiccan Bible, basically. So, I mean, I'm okay with it, but I don't understand where baking soda came from. I think it was okay. supposed to be because of the the was it hydrochloric acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember mm. chemistry enough to verify that nonsense right now. All right. Anything else that you guys want to say about this little section? About science and magic? About this little section. Yeah, science and magic, which is what I named it. So I'm really hoping for more of this, but for it to make better sense. I know magic doesn't really exist, apparently, but come on, guys, do better. Okay. Um, so then we also have sex makes everything better in my notes because I'm assuming she has sex with Brian. Somebody has sex. Yeah, she has sex with Brian because then we have the evil dog. Wait, what? Well, the vanquishing happens 
Yeah, I'm jumping around because I'm looking at my notes and I'm looking at okay, my you're allowed to outline. jump around? I'm the host. I can do what I want. Jump, jump, jump around. Get up, get up, um, get Were down. you surprised that she fell back into deal with Brian? Oh, we're on episode two now? No, she had sex with him in the first episode. She kisses no, she him in the first episode. I don't know if I don't know if there's sex, but there's no sex in the first it's episode. It's not okay. Well, she has sex with him in one of the first two episodes, so that's fine. Um, we also have the sister. Uh, the sister go and find the other demon, whose name is Thane, and. <sighs> And he is uh, a strong, he attacks strong women. What were your thoughts? Michelle. Good Lord. I was, you always catch me at the most inopportune time. Um, I, once again, this is, I hate to say this. The problem that I have with this show is that they're going, they're leaning too heavily in the feminist category for a show that's geared towards women. If you get what I'm saying. I feel like it's doing too much. Really. He is a male demon. Whose whole goal. Is to. Leech off of the energy. Or life force of strong women. Specifically strong women. Not weak women. Not women in general. Not like he uses sex like a succubus. Or anything like that. He is specifically looking for strong willed. Or mind. I don't know. Women. Strong women. I don't know if they mean physically or mentally. What. And that to me was incredibly annoying because I'm just like, you guys are doing too much. Like, I wish they would have just weren't so hand fisted with this. I wish they would have just peppered in like the feminism throughout the series instead of like just cramming it into the first two episodes. I don't even know if the entire series is like this. And the main reason why is because it doesn't give them a chance to just be women like, even if one of them wanted to be an actor, I don't know. It just, it feels really forced to me. And, and this is as someone who I consider myself pro-woman. I mean, I don't really use the term feminist, but I consider myself very much for the equality of women. I don't feel like I'm making this type of rhetoric on a daily basis. I don't know. What do you guys think? See, I agree. And my whole issue with this, and I do refer to myself as a feminist on like a frequent basis, but even then... This kind of content is not in my, like, this isn't my type of jargon. I don't go through it on a daily basis and say this kind of stuff. I will, like, I'll bring it up if it comes up, but this whole plot point, even even the minor stuff in this episode was so over the top. It actually detracted from the, the quality of the episode, and it, for me, it made it worse. Um, can I go back a scene real quick as an example? Sure. Okay, because there's a where she's um just before they exercise her the demon from her boyfriend with the baking soda um there's a line where he says can i kiss you and she says yes and then she realizes that he's possessed and she's like you know i changed my mind and he says oh yeah the whole consent yeah, the whole consent like, thing they emphasize that she came in like in the beginning i forgot to mention that okay so in the beginning mel's sister mel yeah mel comes in is like you can change your mind mid-consent consent is matters consent's important and I don't want to downplay consent because we talk about it a lot in Supernatural and a lot of other shows. Adelaide and myself do anyway. I don't... I, this felt hold like... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I had to make a correction. We all believe in consent. No, I'm talking about talking a lot about it. I'm I know, saying... but because I don't talk about it, don't think that I don't believe in it. I do. Okay, I'm done. 
Okay, you believe in consent. Congratulations. My, my point was that it's very interesting to me how they shoved consent in the... Because your target market is women. Most women understand consent. Most women know what their boundaries are, especially in this era. No, that's not true. You don't know what your boundaries are? The audience that they're no. that they're going to get with this, I think, already knows. And I think mm. throwing it in there... I mean, I guess maybe it depends on the age range, but the way they're the way they're portraying it by having her say, you know, you can revoke consent at any time, and then it repeats when the boyfriend says, um, "Too late, you've said yes." Had they cut off with him saying, "Too late, you said yes," or "You already said yes," whatever the line actually is, mm-hmm. I would have been fine with that. That makes like that is a good example of what happens for her mm-hmm. to then say, "I can revoke consent at any time," and like kick him across the room. That was where it lost me in that scene mm-hmm. because you don't say that mid, like mid emergency. You don't say that. Right. You fight back and maybe you say something else, but you don't say that phrase. And that that's where it felt like they inserted this political ideology. And while I like having the message out there, I don't want it inserted in such a way that it's going to then be mocked. Right. Uh, what I what I was saying was let's keep let's keep this all in context. This is a CW, so their target audience are is going to be teenagers and young adults. And during that time, a lot of women, and like even there are women who are older than all of us who still have issues with consent um, in the different um, scenarios that that issue comes up in. Like if you're married, if um, you said uh, yes before and now you don't want to, but you're not sure if that's even fair for you to say no now, there are like there are people who have that problem, so I don't want to dismiss them and be like, "Well, they should already know that." That's not always the case. What I'm saying is exactly what Adelaide said. It may have not been the time or the place to put that line. I think the first one that they do with Mel and at the party, I feel like her intent was to be annoying to the younger sister, so I could almost I can let that one go a little bit because she's supposed to be there dragging her sister back, making her want to leave the party. So I can let that one go a little bit because in the context, it kind of works. Um, I just felt like the the other one with the boyfriend was so, um, it was so over the top that you lose the message in how bad it was. Okay. Okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah, oh. you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Then we also have the power of three killing this demon and they and mel was like yeah that's what you get for killing my mother and the demon's like oh you think i killed your mother <laughs> then you know nothing girl again i was just like okay this is a demon he does the demon thing he laughs at you as he's dying um we also had the boy who was really really excited about the professor coming back and to find out that the professor is a, a demon and almost kills him, he was so shocked and he ends up passing out. So what did you think about that, Elliot? Doesn't matter because he gets his memory wiped anyway, so he's just gonna. No, stay he doesn't. Up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. He does not. No, yeah, he doesn't. He does. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they said up. no to leave him to let him because no one is gonna believe him anyway. That's right. They made the big point about that. I remember now. Um. Um. 
I don't know. I felt that was okay. I liked the I liked the that no one will believe you. Well, it's his word against hers, and I liked that coming full circle. But it was another thing where it was like you got a little ham-fisted with your message here, guys. Tone it tone it back a little. You have the audience you want already. You don't need to force this idea too much. Michelle. Oh. <clears throat> I completely agree with Adelaide. No further comments required. <laughs> um, they leave him, blah blah blah. Maggie finds a Ouija board and the sisters use this to contact Marcel's spirit and the spirit warns them not to trust Harry. I I I was really hoping that this was the mother. Like, because we've seen um, in the other charms that you can use a Ouija board to contact the other side. Um, I don't want to... Well, jump- spirit board. Yeah, I don't want to jump to the next episode right I this- wish you would just jump to the next episode. Right this you're second. like... You're this is literally really- the end. We The next episode is going to go quick. Well, can you start off with directly the spirit board? Because so, I don't yes. want to... Yeah, thank you. Okay. Adelaide, what are your thoughts about the whole spirit board? My thoughts on the spirit board are reserved for the next episode. Yes. Yes, like a logical person would do. So the spirit board warns the girls. Episode two, sorry. We are officially now on episode two. Thank you guys for listening to episode one. Episode two is beginning now. If you have not listened to episode, if you have not watched episode two, this is where you stop. Yeah, because this is all going to be in one podcast. We're not breaking this up. Yeah. yeah that was a given i'm just letting them know okay um (laughs) so episode two starts off with um the ouija board and the girls are talking about the ouija board this is what we found out this is what we know um this is supposed to be mom um and harry warns them that ouija boards are easily manipulated by evil spirits um thoughts adelaide go um i really wanted this to be the mother like I agree, I wanted it to be the mom, and I was I was on board for the white lighter being evil. That was that was gonna be fun for me, where it was like, oh no, he's not really the white lighter. Don't trust him. Don't believe him. And um, I think that's why the other theories kind of appeal to me. But I was really hoping for that, and so this episode kind of let me down a little bit there. But Michelle, where were your thoughts? I don't know. I don't really know the reason why, because I don't know what I'm allowed to say. You've been such a a control freak. I mean, you, you're just talking about the Ouija board. You know what? I will let you go. I will let you steer this thank episode. Thank you. So this is what I'll say. I thought this whole situation around the spirit board was ridiculous. Um, yes, Harry gave them the warning. Blah blah blah. My problem is, why would you think your dead mother is in the Ouija board? Really think about that. Who has ever heard of a spirit being trapped in a freaking Ouija board? No one. So my thing is, if it's trapped in the Ouija board, who sealed it in there? Why wasn't this their thoughts? I don't get it. Why did they automatically be like, mom, let's free her. So it's like, oh, okay, no. Uh, Macy actually mm-hmm. wanted to confirm things first. So I'll give her credit there. But everybody else, really, not everybody, because... Really, it was just um, Melanie who wanted to jump in. I'm just like thinking logically, who you will have to be sealed into the spirit board for you to need to be released. And no one thought about that at all. 
how did that happen? That's a good point because I didn't even think about that. You know I thought about it. Adelaide. The moment you said release me, you stuck in there. Yeah, I I didn't think about that either. I assumed, okay, when I heard release me, I assumed they didn't, I didn't assume immediately stuck in Ouija board. I assumed stuck. Stuck on the other side. Yeah, stuck on the other side. Let me, I, there's something happening. There's a barrier. I want to communicate with you. Release me and let me come to the, let me come to you. And still, I was not on board with that. I wanted it to be the mother. I really did. But I was still like, you know, I, I don't think it is. I don't trust you. Especially since I've, uh, the only thing I've ever heard about spirit boards is just the horror stories. So, literally. So, no. I'm just not gonna. I'm sorry. Since they use the terminology release, I'm done. And you said release me, meaning you're stuck. And I did assume it was inside the spirit board because if you were stuck in another plane, I could have released you a multitude of ways. It just doesn't make sense. And of course, all this coming ahead later on when we see the thing is actually stuck in it. Mm. Okay, so let's move right along to the girls decide to give a truth serum to Harry to figure out whether or not he's lying. I was okay with this. I was like, yeah, give him a truth serum. Let's keep it pushing. This makes a lot of sense. That way you can definitely know if you can trust Harry and what you need to be skeptical of. Maybe he's not telling you something. And since your mother says don't trust him, as far as you know, as far as you know this is your mother, then what are we actually doing to prove that he's trustworthy? Um, Adelaide? I mean, there's not much I can add to that. I, I agree. I was looking forward to seeing... Uh, I was interested in the potion making and the truth serum, and yeah, made sense. Made sense in context. I was fine with it. Michelle? Um, sorry. Um... Jesus, I agree. I think that um, it's really important to test these theories out. And I, what I picked up more so in that situation wasn't, well, I mean, partially it was um, Maggie's, or not Maggie, Macy's need for to use um, logic and, you know, a law to guide herself with how she do things. But what really came to my attention is the fact that there seems to be a desperation in the sisters in varying degrees to get answers um, about different things. So like, what's her name? Melanie is desperate enough to do anything to get their mom. Whereas Maggie is just like, I want, I feel like with her, it's more like an apology that she wants to do. And Macy is like, I want to see you, but not really because I'm trying to figure out why you abandoned me. So, hmm. Well, that seems like a logical step for their characters. So I'm okay with that. Okay. Oh. I yes. <laughs> I expected like, somebody to jump in and know everybody was like, nope, I have nothing else to say. I, I mean, I said my piece. Yeah, we didn't really have anything else to add to that. <laughs> um, so Mel uses the board against Harry's into. Oh, no. Sorry. Rewind. Macy learns about the black blob that escaped the university lab, which happened at the beginning of the episode, but it really plays a part later on. Oh, it was something I forgot about the last episode. So, it's getting ignored. Um, Macy learns about the black blob, and she learns about this while she's stealing from her job. I think that was the most important thing to me, that she stole from her job. 
were like were you guys surprised? I didn't care. Yeah, me either. To me, I mean, she. Other than the chemicals she stole, which I don't remember what it was, and then the, uh, like, that one was more significant to me than the little vial that she stole. Because in reality, that's like stealing a pen. I don't care. Yeah. Alright, so against the instructions of Harry, um, Mel uses the spirit board with Maggie, and Macy is forced to destroy it to protect her. Because the spirit boy grabs her. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to say originally when it came to testing um, Harry, giving him the truth center. And I guess it applies to this as well. That whole, um, when Maggie, not Maggie, Macy said that this is not the power three, it's the power two plus me. And the way that they go about things, which is majority rule, I think is a problem that they address because... If you guys are close together, you guys tend to side with one another. You know what I mean? Especially like siblings, you grew up in the same household. You normally share the same, you know, Values background dynamics. Part. Yeah, well, that you have a similar way of thinking. You know what I mean? Because of how you were raised. Some things can be different, but overall, it's pretty similar. So if I'm coming into it and we have this majority rules thing, I will normally be left out. And that would be a problem. And I love that she brought that up to let you guys know that, no, we're still not a family yet. It's still us and you type of thing. Um. Okay, so anything you want to add about that, Adelaide? No, I agreed. I just I kind of assumed we'd cover that later. So I was holding off on that one. But I do, I do agree. And it makes sense for her character. And it makes sense in context for it to be that way. So I'm kind of glad that they covered that. Um. And that, and I know that gets a little bit more resolved at the end, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm good. Okay, so the true serum is accidentally given to Nico instead of Harry. And Nico admits that she slept, she cheated on Mel. No, she didn't. She didn't cheat. Why do I have cheat? That she... She cheated on her ex with Mel. That, and she said she slept with her ex. Yeah, her ex-fiance. Yeah, she said she yeah, slept Yeah, but... But that was before they started dating. But she cheated with um, was that Mel when mm-hmm. she was uh, engaged to her ex? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there was something like, well, like I think it was between their during their off again stage. I think it yeah. was supposed to be that's when it she was, slept with her last ex last week. Yeah, she yeah, slept it was. her ex last week when they were off, and then they got back together. <laughs> but we found the origin of their story. Mel was the other woman. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. She's been a naughty girl. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before I move on? Move on! Great. Uh, Maggie persuades her sister to help her cast a spell to free Marisol's spirit from the board. She reveals that Harry killed her and that he plans to steal their powers with the Prism of Souls. The Prism of Souls can trap him and they have to go into the mirror to... Once again, this was... I'm sorry, this was the dumbest thing I've ever saw. <laughs> It really was. And I told you, I like this episode more than the first one. But really, all of a sudden, you see your mom's face for the first time. And you're like, oh, it, I know it's her. I, I know it. Deep down, I I have a sixth sense about the. No, you don't even know the woman. You shouldn't even be saying that you know her at all. That was weird to me that she immediately felt a connection to her. 
I'm like, okay, and then you immediately forgot the whole thing about there being demons trapped in the border or whatever, tricksters in it. Who's the she? Macy? Macy. 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 That's why I said you don't even know her. Um, The only one who made sense was Maggie using her ability like, oh, I'm not feeling anything from you. And she's like, well, I'm a spirit. And when she said that, I looked at you like, convenient. That was such a convenient excuse. I was... I totally agree. The minute I, I was waiting for Maggie to say something, I was waiting for her powers to kick in and them to be like, "Oh, you know what? If Maggie's not picking something up, maybe we should maybe we should investigate this a little bit more." No, they just immediately bought that excuse, and that drove that was so so terrible. I uh, and I hated. Can I just say I hated the mirror? I hated the the writing on top of the mirror. Now that I'm thinking about it, has she ever touched Harry? No, I don't think so. Not that we've Cause seen. That, no. Because that would be an interesting thing if she can't hear him either. And also, I kind of expected that to happen at the end of the episode. On that note, like they had this whole, I'm sorry, we didn't believe you thing. And we were trying to give you the truth serum and we were trying to do this. And you didn't kill that woman. You know, you've got the telepath right there. This goes back to what I was saying about gifted too. Jeez. Use the telepathy people. They're good at what they do. Uh... We Maggie destroys her mother using the phone as a mirror after Mel freezes her in place. Um, and apparently can hold her freeze for an extended period of time after not using it ever, really. Yeah, they made a lot of changes compared to the first Charm series, like with when it comes to the limitation of their powers, which I think is like I I shouldn't I shouldn't compare it to the previous series, but what I think worked about it was that we got a chance to see them grow in their abilities and they robbed us of that in this iteration. Ellie? I agree. I feel like we're gonna miss out on not only a lot of like growth for their powers, but we're gonna miss out on a lot of character development that goes along with them learning their powers. Um It'll also be interesting to see um, how they try to grow their powers. Because what do you go, how do you, how do you go from here? Um, but I mean, they could go back to flying for Phoebe. I mean, Maggie, um, Prue could blow things up. I mean, Macy probably. And then Piper, oh, my bad. I mean, Mel, maybe will be able to blow things up too. So let's see. Hmm. Um, Harry decides that it's time to start training the girls and informs them the blob is a form of a harbinger a demon who foretells the future of the beginning apocalypse the harbinger takes the role of the identity of coma patient Angela Wu um, also mm-hmm. in this episode Maggie has sex with her ex-boyfriend and then breaks up with him yeah, she was nasty. With yeah, that. she was. That was horrible. Yeah, because like you shouldn't do that. No, that was. I felt bad for him. Cause she knew she didn't want him. That's the difference. It'd be something if you thought you did want to get back in a relationship with him and you slept with him. And you're like, mm-hmm. ah, no. But she went in knowing that she was just using that, him and, and she was okay with that. She was like, saying it the whole heard, time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you could hear him say, "I have to get her back. I need her in my life." And she slept with him throughout the that whole process. I'm like, wow. Yeah. She really. She has some issues. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the source potentially coming back? And Jasmine had a theory that the source was uh, Macy's 
love interest. I did. Thoughts? I hope he is. But I also found out that she's getting another love interest. Um, do you want me to spoil that for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Adelaide, do you want to spoil? Ah, uh, go ahead. Um, his name is Parker, and he is the president of the Phi Delta Epsom fraternity. And he and Macy Ma- or Maggie? That's Maggie. I said Macy. Oh, what? No, we were talking about Maggie. No. Well, we were talking we about Maggie, but she did say Macy. Yeah. Because yeah. I wanted to talk about the source. Yes, I assume that um, Maggie's boyfriend would be the source. Maggie is the younger sister. I know, but originally you said that you wanted Macy's boyfriend to be the source. Macy doesn't have a boyfriend. The black you... guy, like, I was like, I, it would be interesting if he was the source. Exactly. That's what, that's what I was leading you to, Jasmine. You just ruined it. Thank you. <sighs> but my problem with that was that if he is the source, he is evil and he is black. And that felt very real. Also, he's the only black person. That is yeah. true. So, so, pretty sure they're not going to... Ah, they better not take that right. Yeah, they better not. <laughs> and also, like, he's sweet. I like him. Please don't. Oh, he's really sweet. A little too like, sweet he's cold if you levels ask of sweet, me. If we're being exactly. Yeah, I and agree. Cole was the source. See, I feel like, for me, I was getting friend zone vibes off of him. Like, I felt like that might be where they're going. Maybe I'm just, like reading into things because of their whole person. She better not friends. Yeah, they better not do that. Like, they better not start bringing that up. But I felt like that might be kind of, like, he's super nice. Maybe that's where they're leading in with that, that he likes her, but she doesn't like him in that way, and then it's going to be an issue. But maybe I'm just reading. I just hope, I really want, I hate to say this, I want that guy to be the damn source, okay? And the reason why is because I get everything that I want. I want the I want Cole back in some form or fashion, but I don't think Maggie's character can handle the source. The only character that I think can actually handle the source is Macy's character. So I, it, it's the sacrifice that needs to be made. No, no, it's not. Anything else that you guys want to talk about? No, I'm uh, done. about either episode. Nope. Adelaide. Nope, I'm good. All right. Thank you guys for listening to another, well, the first episode of Charmed, the reboot. It may be the last. Right. So, like it, it very well might be the last. They only So you guys six. better tell us that you like it. They, they only ordered six and we're canceling Gifted. So <laughs> like, we we have now a history of canceling shows. Three episodes. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that... Um, I don't know. I kind of do want to see. Well, let's ask that question. Do you guys want to see this be picked up for a second half or another season? No. Wasn't it already? Didn't I hear something? No, it's only six episodes. They have six scripts. Oh, dear. Um, That doesn't mean they didn't get picked up for a second half. Yeah, Yeah, see, I I can double check, but. I feel like I would be. I hate to see it crash and burn at this stage. And I'm willing to give it more of a chance. And I would hate to see it fall so quickly, so hard, so quickly. But I can also understand if it does. I I don't care. I'm trying to care. But I, I don't care either way. If we're being honest. This will just be another show I can scratch off that I don't have to watch. Um, bah, 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 bah. We yeah, I was like, let, let, just give me a second because I'm trying to see if it's returning. Yeah, I don't see anything oh, that says it's returning. It? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. 
I'm not really seeing. And the num- the ratings are going steadily down. Ooh, so sad. Hold on. Mm, yeah, I'm not. What you can't really say steadily. It's only been two episodes. Well, you're right. Gr- Gifted's ratings have been going steadily down. Because Gifted has been sucky. I was going to say, as I've said when you mentioned that the first couple times. Gee, I wonder why. Um. So, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Geek of the Machine. This was Charmed Edition. I was your host, Jasmine. Co-hosting, we had Michelle. And guesting, we had Adelaide. Um, you can visit us at overpoweredentertainment.com. You can tweet us wow. at Real OP Tweets. You can visit Michelle at the Queen Quania. You can visit... Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> At OP underscore Eddie. Um, tweet me. That ends in an IE. Yes. Tweet me. At, it'll be in the description. Tweet me at OP Jasmine. Follow the show at Bro OP Tweets. Uh, check us out. I mean, follow the podcast. Yeah, just do a lot of following and subscribing, um, guys. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. Yay. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That's everything. Bye. Bye. Bye.